You are listening to the sermon podcast of International Lutheran Church in Seoul, South Korea. I'm Pastor Chuck Hoffman. to focus on the gospel lesson for this message and the heart of that uh, passage certainly is verse 12. Jesus says here, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Lately as I've been reading things like blog articles or just even normal newspaper articles, I find sometimes that uh, Well, on the internet, there's a lot of room. Authors can write as long as they want. It used to be in a newspaper, they were given a few inches. They'd be told, your story is five inches, or your story is seven inches, and you have to keep yourself to that uh, length of words. And so they were uh, good at writing concisely. But nowadays, people are given unlimited space, so they tend to go on and on. And I find it, uh, I get bored halfway through as I'm reading something. So I found a trick is to read backwards. Has anyone tried this before? You start at the last paragraph, the conclusion, and you read that first, and then you go one paragraph behind and one paragraph behind. And actually, it's really quite helpful. A lot of writing makes a lot more sense when you read it that way. So I wanted to try that with this verse. I think that that actually helps us to understand this verse. If I were to read this backwards, I would start with this. I have loved you. And let that soak in. Jesus speaking to his disciples, I have loved you. Everything flows from that truth. That is the foundation. And we can keep that always as our, store, as our starting point. I have loved you. And if I were to go back one more, I would say this. As I have loved you, love one another. So this is that fruit of being attached to the vine that we talked about last week. If we are connected to the love of Christ then the fruit that will result from this, this most basic fruit, is loving one another. And now if I complete it, reading backwards the whole way through the verse, I would say, as I have loved you, love one another. This is my commandment. Now commandment, that's, that's not the nicest sounding word. Couldn't we just make it something like, this is my suggestion? Couldn't we say, uh, this is my hope for you that you would love one another? This is my desire? This is my wish that you would love one another? Just anything else other than commandment. Commandment sounds harsh. It sounds final. sounds serious. So in a desire to find something a little bit softer, I looked at the Greek uh, of the New Testament here, and I found out something helpful. The Greek word actually means commandment. So 
that wasn't really any help, actually. It turns out that that word, entole, the Greek, it's translated as commandment 95% of the time. And the only other times it's translated as a different word, it comes to us something like order or charge. One of the things I've enjoyed learning as I've been a pastor here at ILC and being around some uh, U.S. military people is picking up some of the lingo. And uh, Chris helps me with this all the time. Um, Now, I knew that military loves acronyms, letters that stand for things. I knew that before I came. I knew, for example, PFC, that this means private first class. You know, it's a rank. I knew that one. One of the new ones that I learned since I came here was PCS. That's one of the most popular ones that you hear all the time around the bases here. In fact, it's even used as a verb. People will say, I'm PCSing to Okinawa. I'm PCSing somewhere else. PCS means permanent change of station. I guess that's opposed to temporary assignments where someone goes somewhere for a short-term assignment. So everyone that comes here, if you talk to them long enough, they'll say, oh, I'm going to PCS to such and such a place. And uh, that happens to every person that comes here. And a PCS is not a suggestion. It's not a hope. They don't say, we hope that you will report for duty at Fort Collins in a month from now. No, it is in order. It is a charge. It is command. So this is the same thing. Jesus is Lord. He's in charge. In fact, John chapter 15, these are his final orders. This is called the farewell discourse. Jesus' long speech leading up to his entry into Jerusalem and his death on the cross and his rising again. So he is giving his final marching orders to his disciples. And his orders look like this. Love one another. But what is that, actually? What is love? Modern society kind of has no idea what love is. People think, overall, or primarily, that love is an emotion. It is a feeling. Often we think of butterflies in the stomach. We are most familiar with this uh, romantic notion of love, stuff that's kind of fed to us in uh, popular entertainment. This is what we're most familiar with. We're familiar with the concept of falling in love, but that's not what agape love is, which Christ is speaking about here. Agape love is characterized by undying commitment, not by feelings. It's characterized by sacrifice, not by romance. I get to see a lot of this new, uh, you know, this idea of love because we live here right across the street from Itaewon. So all the time we're going into Itaewon and I see these young couples on dates. Uh, and there's, there's so, the, uh, the, the young man is very handsomely dressed 
uh, wearing his nicest clothes, and he usually gives like a bouquet to the young woman, and the young woman is wearing a really sweet-looking dress or something like that, and they look like they're having so much fun. They go to a trendy restaurant here uh, down the street, and I think, boy, you guys have no idea, do you? You see, that's nice, but it doesn't last forever. Jean and I have been married for nine years now, almost. And I do love her deeply. And I, I think she loves me too, hopefully. And uh, I think there is still romantic love. But some days, love is a choice. Some days, we have to choose to love one another. We have to lay down our own life. We have to lay down our own desires, our own wants, our own needs. And we have to give ourselves to the other. We do it because we made an oath. We said that we would love and cherish each other until one of us dies. I haven't taken very many oaths in my life. Uh, taking oaths is not something that we do a lot in modern day. But that is one that I did take. And I intend to try to keep it. So love looks kind of like this. This is what Jesus said love looks like. Greater love has no one than this. That someone lays down his life for his friends. Of course, Christ is our example of that, but you're very familiar with that story. And it's hard for it to hit you in a kind of new way. So I want to tell you about someone else. His name is Lo Fuk. He is a Chinese man, and he lived about 150 years ago, in the 1860s. He became a believer in Christ through missionary efforts. And at that time, British colonialism was going strong. They were doing all sorts of development all over the world, and they were bringing laborers from here to there. Some of these men were slaves, some of them were indentured servants, a lot of them came from countries like India and China and South Asia. This is not really a polite word nowadays, but at the time they were called coolies. Coolie is actually from a, a Hindu word that means laborer, day laborer. And so these coolies were working all over the empire. And Lo Fuk became concerned about his Chinese brothers that were working in a very far-off place called Guyana. Guyana was, uh, at that time, British Guyana. It was a colony of the British Empire. He wanted to go and preach the gospel, but there was no way for him to go. He wasn't allowed to go do that. So he did the one thing that he could do in order to go. He sold himself into slavery. He sold himself for a five-year term as a coolie to work in the mines in Guyana 160 years ago. And he labored alongside these, uh, these servants, these slaves for uh, those years. And by the time he died, he had a church of 200 people in it, all of them Chinese laborers. He died before his five-year term had ended. A hundred years later, the Baptist church in America, they wanted to send missionaries to Guyana. And all the, all the Christian church bodies were having trouble getting visas. The government there, now it was an independent nation in South America. 
the government was saying, uh, no, this is not approved. We don't approve these outside groups coming in. But when the Baptists applied, they found that they were approved immediately. The government said, you're on the authorized list. A man registered you a hundred years ago. His name is Lo Fook. The fruit of his work was being felt even a hundred years later. Of course, he laid down his life in a very dramatic way, selling himself into slavery. But there are lots of forms of laying down your life. There's self-denial. There's kind of putting others before yourself, putting others' needs above your own. If I see one problem that causes the most destruction in relationships, and I include myself in this, if I see one consistent problem, it's that people tend to be selfish. They tend to like talking about themselves. They tend to like pursuing their own interests. They tend to prioritize their own wants and their own desires above the needs of others. And Jesus was kind of saying, love looks like the opposite of that. And that stings me a little bit. Actually, it stings me a lot. I always feel like when I read these chapters that I have a lot to learn about love. But then I, I hear these words of comfort as well. I hear that Jesus say, you are my friends. And I need to hear that. He says, no longer are you servants, but I have called you my friends. He says, you did not choose this. I chose you. I chose you for this promotion of your relationship with God. I tried to think of a way to convey how big of an elevation in status that really is. There's one building I see almost every single day. It's the Samsung building that's in Gangnam. I see it almost every day because you can see it from the pedestrian bridge that is right in front of the church here. If you look left as you're crossing, you can see all the way to Gangnam and you can see the headquarters of Samsung, which is down there. It's, well, I think it's the tallest building on that road. It's, it's really beautiful, new, modern glass high-rise. It's really nice looking. And Gene and I have been down in that neighborhood a couple times. Uh, there's a Taiwanese restaurant nearby called Ding Tai Fung. Ding Tai Fung sells uh, uh, dumplings and xiaolongbao and things like that. It's really good. So we went down there for a date, and uh, there's batting cages nearby. And so I said, Gene, let me show you what I can do with a baseball bat. And, uh, and then I missed every ball that went by, and it was a little embarrassing. But, you know, when we uh, go toward that high-rise, I thought, boy, that would be neat to go inside there. And then I realized they would never let me in that building. I'm a nobody. I could have walked in, and they would have, you know, they have, in, uh, in Seoul here, they have like a, like uh, turnstiles that block you from the elevators of of these office high rises. You know, you have to have a you have to have a pass or something to get in. So I could have gone in there, and then they'd say, "Well, who are you?" And I'd say, "Well, I'm Chuck Hoffman. I'm the pastor of International Lutheran Church up the road here, up here." And they'd say, "Okay. Well, do you have an appointment?" And I'd say, "No." And they'd say, "Okay, please leave. Go. Bye bye." Well, just imagine if I was walking in front of the building and the, the CFO of Samsung comes running out and he says, Chuck, I'm so glad you're here. I want you up in the boardroom right now. 
And I say, what? And we go up, we go to the very top floor. It's this huge boardroom. And they say, you know, you're, you're our friend, Chuck Hoffman. We need you right now. We've got this battery problem with our cell phones. We need your advice. And then afterward, they t- say, let's go up to the helipad, get on the helicopter, get on the corporate helicopter and fly over to have a $1,000 steak dinner down the road. And I say, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. Now, of course, this kind of sudden elevation in status is impossible in human terms. That's not going to happen. I, I probably never get to the second floor of the Samsung building, let alone the top floor. But this is what has happened to you and so much more in Christ. You have been elevated in a spectacular way. He has chosen you. He has said, you are my friend. He has shown you great love by laying down his life for his friend. And then flowing from this is the commandment to do the same. That's the whole picture. It's not, it's not one or the other. It's not, Jesus loves me, end of story. And it's not, follow the commandments, end of story. It's both. It's this holistic picture. A circle is defined as a shape with an infinite number of sides. And that's how I feel about Jesus' command on the one hand, and Jesus' grace on the other hand. They flow from and they flow toward one another. You cannot have one without the other. They are both totally and completely true. And we need to hear and absorb both of those things. So that's the summary. Just as I have loved you, love one another. Amen. Thank you.